0: The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsetnick & Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies. This list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik & Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik & Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Welcome to the Carnival of Randomness. You are about to enter a dimension of science and education. So science warning, God forbid you might learn something. I'm Zach. Rob's here. Don't
1: bug everybody with learning.
0: (laughs) Yes. And we are very, very privileged today to be joined by Hillary Olson, the president, is it? President and CEO, President
1: and CEO of the Rochester Museum and Science Center. Hello, thank you for giving us time.
2: thanks for having me here today.
1: I have growing up here, unlike you. Yes, unlike uh, me, I did not. I have such fond memories of the museum, and I could say, just from my youth, my dad would always take me there. We'd always be into science and everything else, and I always remember going in as a kid, the giant squid. There was a big oh, giant yeah. squid there, and that's the one thing that always sticks out in my head. But the thing, it's like I always call, I always use the term gateway drugs in a good sense. Yep. And well, going there, and that's when I went there. From there, I would just go on, go to the library, pull out a mass of science books, which also my comic books inspired. Because people don't realize comic books when you read about things like that, they get you into reading, mm-hmm. and just it piques the interest. And I think people these days, they just need this. Sometimes science isn't cool for some reason, which I think is very cool.
2: (laughs) Right, because when you think about it at school and you spend a lot of your time at school as a kid, science might be hard. You're doing some things that may be exciting, but it might feel difficult and you're taking tests and things like that. And the, the goal of science museums is to get people interested. And like you said, it's the gateway drug. You get inspired and excited about something and then you go and learn more on your own and you're much more likely to get into something if you're self-driven than if you are being told exactly what you're studying well, and when.
0: That's what I found, especially in school. If I was forced to learn something, I would kind of innately yep. go against it.
1: But eventually I would read it over. Well, I would, I would do have to think from the museum. The first thing I did was, Mom, Dad, from, can Santa bring me a chemistry set?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have been – we actually have chemistry sets in our gift shop. We have been the people who have driven a lot of that chemistry um, – you know, kids are into slime these days – we're driving a lot of that. Kids get really interested in something, and they want to do more, and then you get, and then we mess up the The ones it. I saw
1: at the Smithsonian with little volcanoes, mm-hmm. but I, had, I, I never blew anything up. Liar. But oh, it's the, fun. <laughs> but <laughs> I made some dyes I got all over the place. And the other thing I got into that was natural science, where mm-hmm. I think every kid, and when I met you, you had Larry the big cockroach. Yep, the, the Magus or
2: Hissing Cockroach. Yes,
1: it was Great. It was great when I found, when I was in the Soviet Union and they were crawling around our hotel. Not so great. <laughs> Those but, are German cockroaches. But when I was different. a kid, when I was a kid, we used to go out live by the canal. I would go out and we would collect our own insect connections. Yep. And I still remember the praying mantis to ate everything in the.
2: <laughs> yep, and yeah, you put them together with with each other, and all of a
1: sudden there's just one. <laughs> well, we've learned a little bit. About... <laughs> yes. Who's a carnivore? But how did you get into all this yeah. and everything?
2: Oh gosh, I was. Um, so I'm from Brockport. I've been gone for 30 years, but I'm originally from the area, and I was uh, on a field trip to the Strassenburg Planetarium, and my mind got blown talking about um, a light year as a a unit of measure and and not time, and I I couldn't understand it, and I just needed more and needed more and needed more, and that led me to um, a degree in astronomy, which led me to planetariums, which... Led me to museum work and I've never looked back.
1: I just had a gig a little book because light use brings back a college memory where I took a mm-hmm. and my my advisor saying, Watch out, this is really kind of tough. And we had a professor who I love and we we're in Delano, and this guy came out, he just old man with a bow tie. And he, we swear we always are saying, Ah, he worked on the Manhattan Project. So <laughs> so we're doing this, and I remember doing astronomical units. Yeah. And somehow I this big formula. And somehow I got it right, but I ended up getting a 22 out of 43 on the midterm. So I go up to him and say, well, this isn't my major. Should I stay on? Should I stay on? He looks at it and he goes, I don't know why you want to drop this. you got one of the best grades in yeah. class. Yeah. There's so
2: much math and astronomy that I think some people get turned off. But once you practice it and figure it out, like you said, I mean, a 22 out of 45, at least, th- that curve is I had important. a friend,
1: literally, they, took, they were trying to study engineering and... I think they got a four. The average was four on the physics test. Oh four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's it's very concrete. You might take liberal arts, and I was a liberal arts mm-hmm. major. I'm not going to put it down, but it's a little more nebulous. Sometimes you could put something in. Okay, with science with math, you have to. Okay, it's here, here, here. There is a right answer. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Or sometimes you have to figure out how to get to the right, right answer, answer, which is the it's the and process astronomical astronomical over the units.
1: Was like. This, this, this. How did I get this? Yeah, but I got it. <laughs> so, and you said before you, it was a year ago
0: this week this or last week? Last week, that yeah. That you've been with. So how was it? Would, uh, was it an opening? Were you offered the position? Yeah,
2: um, it, was, it was really surprising. So for years and years, my father's been saying, when are you coming home? And I said, you know, there's one job in Rochester, New York that I could possibly have, and it's taken. And it was taken by a woman named Kate Bennett for 22 years. Um, but then she announced her retirement. I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at a museum and planetarium. And um, I applied on a whim just thinking, well, wouldn't it be nice to go home? But uh, I really didn't think I was going to get it. And then I did. Mm-hmm. So um, and now I'm I'm a year in going, oh, my gosh, I'm I still am surprised. I'm still really grateful and thankful.
0: Okay. Well, and let's I guess uh, we let's talk about it right now. The You've been here a year, and last year was the year that the museum was undergoing that uh, pre- renovation, pretty big, extensive renovation. Yeah, coincidence?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was a good time because I um, the Digistar program that we purchased and that we're using now in the Strasenberg Planetarium was something that I had worked with in Milwaukee and I had been working with it for about a year and a half, so I was familiar with it. But uh, the planetarium itself had gone um, undergone a significant renovation as part of our, our capital campaign to really change up the way the experience is. So now we, instead of fixed seating, we have flexible seating, there are recliners. That you can move any one space or any one recliner and put in um, a beanbag chair for someone to lay in. You can move it around so that someone in a wheelchair can enjoy the space. And from wherever they want to be, and it's really become more accessible, and also people are having parties in there because so would, you would can you say if
1: you're at the planetarium, then you're in space?
2: Yeah, you're in, you're in a full dome projection well, system. And I think,
0: you know, that's more of a natural thing because if people are looking up at the sky, most of the time they're going to be lying down. Yeah. You're not going to be sitting in a chair. Yeah,
2: you want to lie down and look up. And so we have giant beanbag chairs for whole families to sit in. <laughs> we have smaller ones for individuals. We have the reclining seats. Um, but you lean back and enjoy the show. And the show itself is a completely different projection system. So uh, with some local technology in there, we use two projectors that have... Um, Not
1: the big thing. Uh, what they look like, like, like Voyager. <laughs> I always called it Voyager yeah. 5. Because yeah. it
2: looked like... I always thought it looked like an ant. Um, that's Carl. It looked it, like an uncle more st- than an <laughs> We still have Carl, and we use him every once in a while, but um, the system that we use now is is a lot brighter, and the stars show up a lot more, and you can zoom in on something um, using data visualization, and you can go to Saturn and look at the rings, and then zoom back out and look at the stars, and it's really amazing what you can do in that space. It's, it's life-altering. Which is
0: cool, because space is pretty. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen those pictures? Everybody's all, everybody's Googled pictures of, like, the Horsehead Nebula. Yep. And things like that. And it's just fascinating. thing
1: people don't get. And one of the criticisms I've heard of science is it takes away things. I mean, there's religion here, science here. When you're taking science, you're saying this doesn't happen. This is – science is beautiful. It is. The natural world is incredible. To know that everything that happens
0: around us has an explanation that you can be told. Or is, figure out. It's kind of cool.
2: Yeah. And there's – there's a huge amount of beauty in it, and people do find religion in that. I mean, as we look at things that are far, far away in outer space, people have spiritual experiences. Oh, it's very
1: much. It's like we touch the face of God. Yeah. Like, and one of the things, for anybody who hasn't seen it, I grew up here, obviously, or not obviously. And the planetarium <laughs> has always been like a little home to me from when I was a kid. If you've never been here, it's just a great experience. Yeah. It just really is. Well, I
0: remember the the old planetarium. I grew up in Pittsburgh. It was the Buell Planetarium, way back when. I don't know what it's called now. I don't think it's still the Buell. Is it still the Buell? But you know the Pittsburgh Science Center. There was always the the submarine, parked outside Mm -hmm. in the river. The uh, I think it was the USS Hornet. One of the Hornets or something. Mm -hmm. The Green Hornet. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's just a, just an old sub that they had uh, just sitting out there right next to the science, so you could take tours of it.
1: I remember doing that when I was, I was in school. The other thing I would say about the Planet is the variety of programs. You like music? They have rock and roll with different laser shows. I was shows. going to say, holiday laser, laser shows? Holiday Pink, laser
2: starts this same Pink started this kind weekend. of, they have
1: holiday laser, which is just great. It's
2: and- People still turn. So, I worked at the Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles where people turned out in droves in the 90s for Pink Floyd laser. I was gonna say
0: Laser Floyd, yeah,
2: Laser Floyd, and they still turn out in Rochester for Laser Floyd. I mean, people still want that. There's Led
0: Zeppelin, the Beatles. I was gonna say, is Laser Floyd kind of the most popular one? I think it's the most well known one, yes,
2: yeah, and people really, I mean, that's a great date night. And we have a bar in the Planetarium now, so so some of our 21 and over. Yeah.
1: Planetarium, Laser Floyd, and a liquor license, kids. Yes. Oh, incredible. Plus, you have all the science shows and everything else. I saw the last one we saw before they renovated it was the show on Mars. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was really good. Yeah,
2: And we've done, um, since then, since we renovated, we did a show on Pluto. We've done a show on the Apollo landing. We've done, because this year was the 50th anniversary. Yes, it
0: was. was um, it
2: was huge. It was enormous. We've done all kinds of different shows and um, spectaculars, just basically showing off what the... The new system can do, but um, like it's, like I said, mind-blowing.
1: What is Pluto, though? I mean, they did. Yeah. <laughs> is it a dog? It's not a, a dog, though. It's not a dog, though. Goofy <laughs> no, was Goofy the, was the dog, right? No, Pluto
0: no. was the, the actual dog, not the anthropomorphic dog. He was the orange oh, right. dog that belonged to the another dog. He drove
1: a car, though.
0: Goofy did. Goofy's oh. the other dog. No, Pluto no. was Mickey's pet. Which Who is was bizarre. also named after the... Roman version of the uh, of the God of the Underworld.
2: Mm-hmm. Which is what the planet was named after. Yes. The dwarf planet and now. And then Charon was named after yeah, them, because
1: they always mm-hmm. went Greek-Roman. Yeah. I... chair Charon, the orphan moon, because it is a planet. <laughs> yeah. But this, what are your thoughts on Pluto? Because we were asking us this yeah, question. Yeah, because right. my dad
0: texted me on the way here. Said, so,
2: yeah, back in the 90s, Pluto was demoted to dwarf planet. <laughs> and there are a lot of people that still have a lot of real strong feelings about that. Um, there are several dwarf planets that are, are going around the sun... And if we were to promote Pluto back to being a, the ninth planet, we would have to promote a lot of other objects to planet status. I read Neil deGrasse
1: Tyson's book, oh, and yeah. he said how many, like, planet X, how many yeah. different, right, there's all gonna... these different planets out there. You know, it's better just to keep it.
2: <laughs> right, demote Pluto, and then all the dwarf planets can be dwarf planets. And And honestly, Pluto doesn't care. Yeah,
1: exactly. It I might. It does. I don't think That, that, no, that nonsensical. I know it's cold and icy here, but it probably rock. is feeling yeah, that noncentric. Poor Sharon, as I said, I was a moon. I'm not a moon anymore. <laughs> what am I? I'm just lost With in space. Satellite. I'm a raw. Well, yeah, like I said, the, our moon is
0: like three times the size of Pluto. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, we have Planet X, Planet Y, and isn't somewhere out that there that weird. giant diamond?
2: There is a – yeah, there's a planet that they are pretty sure is made yeah, entirely of diamonds. It's yeah. like a
0: diamond the size of Texas mm-hmm. or something. But,
2: but it's not – none of those are, are considered planets anymore and that – or, you know, or ever were. And, yeah, people have strong feelings about but it. But isn't okay. that – but
0: for a, sci- a science person as you are, isn't that great when people get so upset – Yes, Like yes. over something scientific rather than, oh, well, she didn't give him the rose last night. Right, right. So, and that,
2: that is when people are talking about science in culture and in just regular everyday conversation, then that's a win for, mean, for museums. The pl-
1: you, when, you were, when you were a child, how did you like – did something influence you in this? Like maybe did you see something like on PBS or anywhere else? Wow, well, this is really cool. Or Was it a teacher? I think or? I
2: did later. There was a, I had an earth science class where the teacher was not amazing – but the content was, and I got past the teacher into the content. Most kids could not do that. So, uh, you know, when you have a spectacular teacher or an amazing, I mean, it was my thing. It was my drug. But that, that planetarium show in the sixth grade, I think, was what did it. I also remember that it was a woman that gave the show. And what I didn't realize was that she was a planetarium presenter potentially an actor or a student. I really thought that this woman was an astronomer, and I thought about... You know, frankly, women in science were not something that I had seen very often. And and I said, Oh, I can do this.
1: No, and that's really good. And you brought up a good point women in science. Yeah. yeah the and whole how STEM you, movement. That, I'd love to encourage that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and girls get involved in science just as much as boys do, but they they tend to drop out somewhere around 6th or 7th grade um, They because it's it's math-heavy, and they hear that math is hard and you can't do it and the boys are doing this or whatever. So we really need
1: to change that because... It's the stigma in a lot yeah. of ways, I think, and you have to make it interesting and show why this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I think, honestly...
0: Um, for even though his demotion of Pluto, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think, has done a, a really good yes. job making science fun. Yes. Because he is not only, I think, now... The smartest man on the face of the earth. He's one of the most entertaining men on the face of the earth. He
2: makes science accessible. And he's so one he, of the
0: busiest guys on the yeah,
2: planet. Yeah, so Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, um, Mr. Wizard. Oh, I remember Mr. Wizard when, when I was, was a kid. One of the first ones for me
1: when I was growing up was watching Cosmos with Carl yep. Sagan. Yeah.
2: Carl Sagan. Every one of those people made science accessible to the general public. And interesting, instead of – it's not a math textbook. It's It's a – Amazing way to figure out the world around you, and and that was that's what museums try to do, is make it accessible, make it fun, make it interactive and exciting. All
0: right. I of museums, what's your favorite museum that you've ever been to as a page The
2: Rochester Museum well, and
0: Science any, well, Center. Besides, there's one that you've, you've gone to okay. that was just... F- I'm going to give you a weird answer. Oh, we've probably got there, some <laughs> weird ones, too.
2: There is a museum of spam. In Minnesota. Uh, I've heard of the
0: Spam Museum. Yes,
2: the Spam Museum. And it wasn't... The content was spam. I mean, it was actual canned meat. But the... (laughs) But the, the visitor experience of that small museum... We were welcomed. We got on a factory line. My kids were doing things. I was doing things. I was learning about spam in World War II and Hawaii. And the kids were like making fake spam. I mean, it was yeah. it was an incredible experience for what it was. So, well, shout out
1: to the spam museum. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, and, and you'll like you'll never get there. But if you're ever anywhere near that, it's in southern Minnesota drive what, through. What's
1: amazing about upstate New York? We travel a uh, lot through. The highways and byways. You see all the little. There's the salt museum. Yeah, we've
0: seen the salt museum. Uh, you, we go down to Corning. There's the Museum of Glass, but there's also the, the Rockwell Museum, mm-hmm. which both you and I mistakenly thought was the artist, but it's not. It's not no. Norman Rockwell. Roger Tory
1: Peterson, who's the <coughs> bird person. Yeah, in down in Jamestown. Jamestown.
2: There are thousands and thousands of museums across this country, and some of them are tiny, tiny. They're only open on Tuesdays between 1 and 4. But there are more museums in in the United States than there are McDonald's, and I don't think people know that.
0: One of the cool ones I went to in Las Vegas, the Atomic Testing Museum.
2: I have not been there.
0: That was cool. Like, you know, it's like all the old, the war propaganda, the scare things, the... You know, the people of my parents' age, the duck and cover drill PSAs, yeah. you know, that hiding under this wooden desk is going to save you from the atomic from, blast.
2: Somehow, yeah, from a nuclear, yeah, and it'll be
1: Queen and duct tape will keep radioactive fallout from entering your duct work. The well, beginning well, remember when the they let it hats. on the moon, they had a period of time because of the radiation. They had to make sure they hit it because I think they had 17 days because when the moon rotated yeah. Though, after all, it was filmed by Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, exactly. so. <laughs> on a he did a video. good job, though. Yeah, yeah, he did a, sh- a good job, though, with making sure they and went on the moon to do it because he was a big pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you do you, what do you do when you hear stuff? Because we deal with that, too. Is you, I've had a friend who come up to me, and I just try to be nice, but they're just so scientifically ignorant. Yeah. and He'll to test me, well, that flag did not fly on there. And sometimes I try to, con- but you can't convince them. Right.
2: No. Science denialism is a real problem, and it's something else that museums try to uh, combat every day. I mean, you have people that truly believe that vaccines are bad, even though we know. Oh. That they that, work, yeah. they're effective, and they protect people. You have people that truly believe that the earth is flat. Is that not they're,
0: scary? It's but terrible. They but in, they in the year believe 2019...
1: That's the thing they don't understand is they knew if you look at documents from days, big... They knew... It was They would say, here be monsters on the map. It was unexplored. <laughs> but they knew, like in the time of Columbus, they knew you weren't going to fall off the world. Oh, no.
2: Yeah. We, we knew it was round. Yeah. We knew it was round since the ancient Greeks and – or spherical. And
1: Well, since the aliens came and built the pyramids. They had to, <laughs> find yeah. they since they came, to go around down there.
0: Since they came and yeah. built Machu Picchu, since uh, the Peruvians <laughs> obviously weren't, you know, technical enough to do what they did. Yeah.
2: It's it's amazing mm-hmm. what people will believe. And that goes to what we were talking about earlier off air was, was fake news um if you know if if you don't have the capability to analyze the information that you're seeing or reading you might make a bad decision, and you might maybe not vaccinate your kids, let's say, or not believe in climate change. Well, or not there take steps is and to Talk about it.
1: museums. I've never been there, but there's a creationist museum in Alabama, yep. and they have a picture of a cowboy riding a T Rex. What happened? They, yes. These are the same people that look at the Flintstones as a documentary.
2: Right. It's it's terrifying, and um, and we really are trying to make sure that that people understand what. What science tells us and you know when when you have all of the scientists agreeing and figuring out this this one thing like climate change, like evolution. We but we I don't understand feel it. that well, I
1: See, I don't think I I my feelings tell me it's different.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I and, just got and, caught
1: in a blizzard, it's not right. warming. <laughs> and it's hard
2: for science to talk about, you know, you you have feelings and beliefs and we respect that. You know, the, the museums respect that. Everyone has their own belief system, but we we do know what's accurate and and what's out there, and then we're trying to present that in a way that's accessible to the I general public. I think it goes public. back
1: to Macaulay's book, Delusions of the Madness of Crowds, which know. is— because it's just we have like a mass consciousness like that, and I just think I heard, and it's hard to deny when you believe something. It's hard sometimes to face like it's not true,
2: right? And that's where you you're making people sort of figure it out for themselves and and discern for themselves. I mean, that's what we try to do with kids. Is I mean, a lot of a lot of um, civic civic responsibility is understanding how to digest the information that you're given and and figure out what's. Right, and understand, you know, like the process of science involves peer review, things like that. There's a lot of things out there that are just not accurate, but you can put out anything you one want One of my on views on that is one of the
1: best classes I ever took was basic logic. And they should do a little more for in schools, yes. not teaching classes on subjects, but teaching how to think.
2: Yes, how, yes, and how, and how to one think. of my,
1: the professors, okay, what do you, like, if your view is this... Take the opposing view and do it and everything.
2: Right, and let's have a real argument and let's, let's use some data, so data-driven decisions. I'll prove the moon
1: was made of cheese. Well, Right. So just, well, it's like the white raven thing, though. I could say, you know, for a white raven, all you have to do is prove there's a white raven by saying, well, if you see a white raven, there's a white raven. But there's the old theory, okay, we're all brains held in dishes by a mad <laughs> scientist. Now, you can't disprove the
2: it. right.
1: You just can't disprove it, but why would you be on the show? Then you'd have better stuff to do. I <laughs> <laughs> And I think one thing is people keep denying it because they don't want to look
0: stupid. But They have to realize science isn't trying to make people feel dumb. No, not at all. They We're just trying want to, to make people just to, smarter. Yeah, they just want to make sure that, hey, this is how it works. Right. Science
2: is a process. It's figuring it out. It's asking questions and finding answers based on the data that you find. And, and data is not... I believe something. Well
1: Richard Dawkins used that in bending the rain, but mm-hmm. we say, look at a rain, but look how beautiful it is, like nature thing. But one thing I wanted to get into because when I first met you again, your buddy Larry. Yeah. You know, I and the insects, copies. insects. And I think yeah, they're, they're really bugs. cool. I think because I read all that E.O. Wilson mm-hmm. and about his ants. And how did you what insects
2: <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the museum itself has a great collection. We have an amazing natural history collection, and some of that is Insects and other arthropods, but um, I got into insects when I was working at the Los Angeles County Natural History Museum, and I ran the Discovery Center and Insect Zoo. And people from all over would come in and see these the bugs and the spiders and everything else. and And our job was to take them from ew to ooh, um, which is which is hard. Some people have real. Feelings about a spider in their shower without understanding that maybe that spider eating the other bugs. Believe in your it or house.
1: not, years ago, my mom had, she used to iron down cellar. So when I was a kid, I'd go down and see. Mm-hmm. there's a spider down there by the, and my mom said I was going to kill it, but then it just started, she saw it forming its web and it just was really neat yes. out there. and then it would bump off all the flies and right. stuff. So.
2: right if that spider is there then that means it's got food so you want you want it to be eating all the other bugs yeah. in the area it's not going to bite you I mean, like
0: people are some people i know are freaked out by dragonflies yeah. but they keep the mosquitoes down yep
2: yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know most of the insects in the area. I I could I could argue against mosquitoes, <laughs> but most of the All insects do, are, are well, you beneficial. That, they belong in the environment. They're natural. Yeah. But natural you answering. think about
0: it, the mosquitoes have a purpose. As no, they food, do as food for other insects. Absolutely,
2: and the bats
1: love them. Yeah,
2: and they're. But, yeah, the mosquitoes I personally don't like. Well, <laughs> they do have a place in the environment, but the, that's the thing. We can all personally not like something. Right. But they belong here. What are
1: some of the more odder ones you've dealt with, like, at the museum or right here that are oh, really just so interesting? I don't know. I
2: love the stick bugs um, and the way that they are. Um, <laughs> they've evolved. to some, some of them look like leaves. Some of them look like sticks. And I love spiders. I love working with tarantulas mm-hmm. and um, and other arachnids. I mean, tarantulas you can hold. They're I actually they're like tarantulas, and people don't think
1: that they're... They think they're all these... They're not even, I mean, it'll hurt if they bite you, but it's not. No, that, it's not going to kill no, you. No, and it's not. I think they're pretty, actually. They are,
2: yeah. And they're non-native. I mean, so that's not something you're going to see in Rochester, but they're, it's they're fun to... to I would avoid,
1: though, I would avoid the movie The, the Giant
0: Spider Invasion. <laughs> <laughs> but weirdly, stick insects, I didn't know they were... Kind of native to this area. Some of them are, yeah. Because I, I saw one on the back door of my house. Mm-hmm. I looked like, oh my God, it's a stick insect. Mm-hmm.
2: And the, the male praying mantises as well look so, more like a stick insect than anything else. I mean, the females are huge and green and really? fat. And, yeah, and the males are tiny. They're not tiny, tiny, but they're well, the sort of the size of the females. I think, isn't
0: that kind of common in a lot of species that the female is much bigger yeah. than the male? absolutely. And much different looking? Yep
2: yeah and there's you know and there are, are birds that have the same thing actually a lot of times the males are brighter and oh, the females b- are
0: like that dancing sort of that dancing bird everybody's seen that clip the bird with the blue tail oh
2: yeah flapping the, itself out yeah. yeah
0: the dancing around okay. and the female just kind of looks at them and turns away that's like, a beautiful it's hilarious. that's
2: a beautiful um evolutionary tale of like the males getting brightly colored and to attract a mate. And the females being sort of um, more dull colored in order to stay hidden when they're on a nest,
0: right? And the best example that everybody in the area can look at is just the duck. Mm-hmm. You know, the mallard with the big yep. bright green head, and the females brown, who blends yeah. in like,
2: with just, the environment. Like, yeah, my I those baby because I
1: feed the birds in the backyard, and I like to see different ones and everything. It's sort of opposite with cardinals, though, because the males are more dull. I think.
2: I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't yeah, the cardinals and, and blue jays, but they're they're super but actually I think it's the males that are the bright red and the uh, females that I'm are I'm actually more confused about
0: that one. I can't yeah. remember which one it is. And that's the thing. It's like you you know, for the lay person, unless it's something so drastic, like a duck, you look at a bird, you can't tell if it's a male or Although a
2: female. Although what's interesting is that there's a huge element of science that you have people with their individual passions coming in to talk about it. We again we have this amazing natural history collection. We have a lot of birds. And there are birders out there that will tell you they're not scientists, but they know everything about well, but, the birds in their backyard. Well, that's everything.
0: what it is, because you don't have to have a degree in science to be all. an expert in something.
1: I know, yeah. like, kill years when I walk my dog. They would peek their eggs, but they would pretend they were lame to go away. They're also one of the only birds that ever buzz-bombed us. Yep. Because, But they always they start walking, and they look like they've got a broken wing. And yeah. They go. And I'm saying, put your eggs someplace not by us. I don't mean you any harm. You <laughs> know, tough time to attack my dog. And <laughs> the dog might mean them harm. <laughs> now nah, my dog was like, we got chased by a turkey one time. So. Well, they're mean. My yeah. mom got attacked by a turkey. Turkeys and geese. Oh, we got chased by, a by the canal. We got chased by a I mean, goose. They're horrible. <laughs> they're they're delicious, but they're horrifying. <laughs> but the other one was like the idea of the ant farm because I used to have one. Mm-hmm. They they even bury their dead. It seems like yeah. it's really neat. It's yeah, like, and
2: then you know that's probably something having to do with you know the decomposition of that ant is going to actually help the soil and grow things that the ant needs. I mean, those are the kinds of things that over thousands and thousands, and in some cases millions of years. These animals have adapted to figure a lot out, even though their brains are a little. Size There's a land. lot
1: more than us on this
0: planet, yeah. and a lot. Of- and uh, I was watching um, an old episode of Dirty Jobs, and Mike mm-hmm. Rowe was at a bug museum, and the guy was explaining. It's like you know the the ants that work in basically their garbage dump are the old ants that know they're going to die soon, so they just go there. So when they die, they don't have to get dragged. Perfect. to the compost heap. Right. It, it, they it is it out. an incredibly sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Society that we kind of look down on,
2: yeah, and they they know like ants and bees and any animal that that <laughs> lives in a colony knows a lot about you know collectively that brain is huge yeah, one on one mentality. it's not right,
1: well, what I would say, have you ever seen this is one of our favorites have you seen the documents of Sir David Attenborough oh yeah, the the, legend. I mean it's what's amazing any... to me now is just how incredible the it's just I mean, I grew up with Mutual of Omaha yeah, and Wild exactly. Kingdom. And I always wondered when somebody's going to fall off the cart and get eaten. <laughs> but he'd always, because he'd always send people out. It's like, you mm. go. And I remember seeing this one show with, uh, it was, it was I think, Richard Corwin or somebody. He has the intern go down to pat an alligator on the head. And I think, that's what you have interns for. It's like, just right. go pat him on the head. Oh my he won't God. hurt you. <laughs> like, you imagine. But, I mean, this photography is just And
0: they're beautiful. still doing stuff. He just, I think he's working on a new series right now.
2: That's awesome. That's I mean, awesome. Those are the kinds of things that get people interested Yeah, and
0: everybody really in the world does know or should know who Sir David Attenborough is.
2: Oh, oh, just listening to him speak
1: I mean, is he, yeah. mesmerizing. He's one of those, ways well, he could read me the phone book and right. I'd be happy. Right, Because I have somebody who knows science. I'll ask this one question. It's like, I oh, just Lord. think it is SETI. Is anyone out there or not? What would you just, mm-hmm. what's your opinion?
2: Oh, oh, I would say absolutely. There's intelligent life.
1: I mean, there's the Goldilocks variant. Right. I know Isaac it's, Asimov you, you did have, it where he said, you, know, you have to have the Goldilocks thing where it's just right.
2: For life as we know it. Um, but, yeah, there's almost no way there's not intelligent life in the universe. Does it look like us at all? Probably not.
1: Right. It, it, we have to find intelligent life on Earth
0: first, I think, sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, mean like, you know, people forget that intelligent life doesn't necessarily mean we can understand it. right. Dogs are intelligent. We can't understand them, right?
1: Whales, yes, I can. Cut that out. Well, I can understand right. my dog fine. You but know? you
2: know, is it carbon-based life? Even uh, probably not. I mean, yeah. it's silicon. Co- it's they could say look... silicon.
1: Probably yeah. it's...
2: very different. Because like
1: the C. Clark said, it is one thing that is probably silicon-based mm-hmm. more likely. They even like living crystals, something like that. And there's an idea that maybe even Neptune under the waters. There's some kind of microbes. I don't know. We might it? be Martians, anyways, because we want to, no, you know, that <laughs> right? Yeah. To come over yeah, they found water Mars. and bacteria. Yeah. a lot about me. And so you, there you right? go.
0: Bacteria is life. Yep. So we have proven Martian life If somebody could talk yeah. about it
1: intelligently, I'd use this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll get other people. Oh well, you know, they visited us. They visited me in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that probably <laughs> that,
2: hasn't happened.
1: You know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt
0: played golf with the Grays when he was supposed to be getting a dentist. So that so that's Jimmy actually Carter thing. did say he saw a UFO. Yeah. Well. I think Jimmy Carter was hitting the fermented peanut juice a little too
1: hard. <laughs> you got attacked by a bunny, too, so, so he had a rough no offense to <laughs> No offense to Mr. President, but
0: uh, I, doubt, I doubt it happened. Uh, well, UFO,
1: unidentified yeah, flying. We've seen UFOs. Everybody right. seen UFOs. A UFO, U-F-O
2: yeah. is definitely it's a possibility. Something. Is it Some... from intelligent life from
1: another planet and another Plus solar system? Flying, Probably like not. A... The yeah. like thing is probably pretty intelligent. Yeah, like, if they're what intelligent, they'll stay away it's from It's flying, here. but I don't know what it is. It's unidentified, right. A and frisbee. I go back to Arthur <laughs> C. Clarke, where he said, why don't they land on the White House lawn? Because <laughs> they don't want to. Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't think they're visiting us. No. Well, <laughs> they, All right,
1: know. all right.
0: Well, what is your thoughts on, like, alien movies then? I love them. Yeah?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's entertainment. Right. That's It's speculation. It's fun.
0: Well, here, the the movie Signs. I've always had a problem with this. The aliens, um, I don't care, spoiler alert, are allergic to water.
2: Oh, that's the water one. Yes, I have seen that.
0: If they have the intelligence and capability to build interstellar space travel crafts...
2: This is the last planet they you They should would visit. <laughs> know
0: that they have an allergy to water. Right. So why would you come to a planet that's 75 to 80% right. water and where water literally falls from
1: the sky? Right. It makes, that makes no sense. See, that's where it actually, that's a very, very good point, though, because Chris Carter would go around and do he would be involved with Psycop, which is actually in Amherst. It's a skeptical society. And he would give a thing where, yes, it's X-Files, but it's supposed to be entertaining. Right. And I loved it stuff. I used to read Weekly World News. Ah. I grew up on Star Trek. and I know it's not real, <laughs> mm-hmm. despite what I see about Game of Thrones sometime in the I know it's not this, real. But at the
0: same time, even if it's you're watching something that's so ridiculous, it makes you think. It's like, well, what if there are aliens? What's out there? Out there? Right? And we it's like and I we doubt just it's going to look like yet. that, but. But you never know. I mean, you don't know what it
2: looks like, which allows the creative types to make anything they want out of it, which makes for
1: really good entertainment. And people will get into, like, the stereotype of the science fiction fan or something. But when you read, how many of these science fiction authors have backgrounds? Robert Hyland was an engineer in the Navy. Isaac Asimov taught biochemistry at Boston. And a lot of them, them, like, actually, Alan Steele, who's one of the best authors out there in terms of, he tries to do realistic space travel. Where he shows how you have to go generational, but he really tries to do the science. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, you might learn something. God forbid.
2: <laughs> I think we're all going to learn something. I mean, and all of those things, again, teach you how to to think. You know, when you're, you know, especially when you think about time travel or something like that with aliens. How do I think about that? Yeah. And that is a great thing.
1: And actually, you went on uh, by doing that. Well, by actually, the next thing, go on, you go. Yeah.
0: I, but speaking of intelligence, this has been a little bit of speaking a, on intelligence. Sorry, sorry. debate <laughs> between my father and I. He is convinced that artificial intelligence is somehow going to take over the world. And I know that coming up in April, there's uh, somebody giving a lecture on artificial on, intel, AI. on AI. Yeah. For
2: our, we, so we have an exhibit now at the museum called Sci-Fi Tech, and it's about how the science fiction of yesterday has sort of turned into some of the technology of today. So if you think about a Star Trek, like you were saying, like a, a, a communicator, we're yeah. using that every day. We have them in our pockets. Or the, we can talk to well, people. Well, Skynet
1: actually went online in 2017. No, 1997. he's <laughs> oh, 1997. <laughs> but, but seriously, what are your thoughts personally
0: on AI? Is it going to wipe out humanity?
2: I, you know what? There are a lot of people talking about that, and it depends on how it's built and how it's programmed. And I think that there are, I mean, if you think about iRobot, there was a lot of thinking about how do you program something so that it doesn't take over the world. Yeah. Um, so there's great science fiction about that, but I honestly, I don't know. There's There are smarter yeah. minds than I it's talking start, about it. It started out Carol Kaepernick's book,
1: Rur, we, robot, it was a Slav word for slave, actually, it yeah. from, what it came from. this. was supposed to be. But, but there's like, to me, I also look at like there's a disconnect from reality sometime. I'm going through the mall, and they've got the... The things where you can just go into the holograms and everything. It's almost like we're going to have a holodeck like from Star Trek. But but you think
0: about artificial... VR VR is very similar. Artificial intelligence. How often does your phone just not work? Right. That's what we have to be afraid of? Right. Or the the people that built that little robot that looks like uh, wearing a space suit... (laughs) <laughs> it falls down going upstairs. Yet yeah, that I'm terrified.
2: Right. right. But I don't. In I don't buy. Twenty, thirty, forty years. What does that look like? Could I mean, be. But again,
0: you also have to factor in who's programming these robots. What is their right. level of intelligence? And what's their
2: motivation? Um, right.
0: So I don't. I don't see any time in our lifetime. The machines rising up and slaying us, well, and Arnold Schwarzenegger right. having to come back through a portal.
2: I also don't see the machines caring. I yeah. mean, that's you know, there are people working on that, like how do you sort of um, uh, mirror emotions, or how does a, a machine learn emotions? But they don't have them. Yeah, they don't. And they, they're not going to. They Sometimes
1: may be able to. Not just, bad. It's they like may pretend, be skin man. You don't want a heart. They may be able to display you. them,
0: but. They don't understand what they're doing. They just know they're. It's like a parrot mimicking your speech.
1: It's right. doing something, but it doesn't know what you're it's doing, doing. The
2: thing that you were programmed to right. do, right? And actually,
1: that is. The, like the, the thing I really want to talk about too. I will be coming to the museum this week. Yes. What do we have to look yeah, forward to please, there right now? Let's like you're a visitor from. And I always say if somebody comes in from out of time, that's one of the first places I direct them. to. Oh yeah.
2: So we have we have a lot going on. So we have that sci-fi tech exhibit open um, through spring break, but it is. Really amazing! There's an R2D2 in there. There's a Terminator robot in there. There's a DeLorean from Back to the Future that's sitting in that gallery. It's so cool, and we couldn't get it in with using our loading dock elevators, so we actually had to fly it in to the third floor through the windows. So we we flew this the DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future into the museum. Why was
0: this not on the news? It was on the oh, news. why did I? Oh, because I don't pay yeah, attention to news. We had a couple news. of
2: we had a couple of uh, stations that came out and covered that. Dude, but I would a flying Gorgon. It is Valorian. amazing, and it's really all about technology now and technology then, and and also moving towards the future. Like, what are we looking forward to? There's a lot of hands-on things. There's a Mars rover interactive. There's video games. There's
0: old and new. It's it's incredible. Um, the, the nostalgia gaming room. Yes, but it's yeah. incredible. What, what, what is that like?
2: So we there, well we have a Donkey Kong in there. We have oh, so a lot it's of just other...
0: basically old vintage. There's games. There's only that...
2: one like super that that Donkey Kong is an is a vintage game, but it's more about um, some of the screens that we have going on are showing the vintage games, and then like the games that are now. Yeah. So we have um, we have that exhibit. We have the holidays really kicking into high gear, and the holiday laser show started uh, this past weekend, and it'll be going forward through the holidays. Um, and we have a lot of programs for, like the Planetarium has programs for field trips and kids in the morning and then the afternoon and the evenings. We have programs for families and then adults. We have 21 and over programs, like I was saying, with a bar. Um, some Saturdays you can come to the top of the... Is it a space the, bar? It's, it's not. I mean, it's a very retro 1960s sort of bar. <laughs> Um, it's amazing, but sometimes we have um, special drink specials, like uh, the, you know, a shooting star or something like that. A
0: Cosmos-Politan. Yes, the <laughs> cosmopolitan.
2: We've done that. I was going to
0: say, if that's not a thing, <laughs> feel free to use it because you should be.
1: Yeah, no, actually, you made it. me think. Back when I was a kid, the big thing from Santa was we had to get a, get pong Atari. And yeah. I'm thinking of these games then. Who would think then how? compared to what they look like now, yeah. it's not amazing? We'd be just doing these, playing with the little dot or breakout right. or whatever. There is a pong in that exhibit. <laughs> of course, there has <laughs> to be. It's so
2: fun. It's so fun. So, um, but then, you know, we are also the, the region's largest Native American history museum, and we have a huge amount of Native American oh, history artifacts. See, I did not know that. We're the largest natural history museum. We have... Um, a mastodon. We have lots and lots of natural history items like the bugs and the birds I was talking about but skeletons. There's a dinosaur uh, in a couple of years, we have a big dinosaur exhibit coming up. So there's a lot uh, okay, going on. Okay, silly
1: question because we talked about a couple. If we could clone one of the old dinosaurs or something or miss, and which one would you do or which one would you yeah.
2: Oh, I wouldn't do it. But <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. Would, I would, you know, everybody wants a pet T-Rex, right? No. Uh, well, keep, <laughs> no. Keep
1: a lot of people out of my yard. And give <laughs> right. A they, they can't even can't, handle a dog. There was yeah. one meme I have to tell. He put one up on our podcast page. Unstoppable, heady. Yeah, the T. Rex -rex with the grabber arms. (laughs) Right,
2: the grabbers. Um,
1: Eventually, they'll figure out how to use the grabber claws.
2: So there, there is in that sci-fi tech exhibit. There is talk about you know uh, Jurassic Park. We have a Jurassic Park dinosaur in there. There is talk about that technology, which is not really real, using amber and that that DNA has really broken down. But we are working, and we had a lecture on it a couple weeks ago, we are working on bringing back things like the passenger pigeon, which went extinct not too long ago at all. And in museums, just like ours, there are passenger pigeons that have been taxidermied. We have their skin and beaks and, and bones. We can take the DNA from something that's not been long dead and actually see if we can bring I that you back.
1: Had, I, I do go there a lot, but I sometimes I... Like, give have spaces because I have to deal with various things. <laughs> the, but when I was in the London Museum of Natural History, they had this mechanical T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And literally my friend said, okay, be ready. You go around. And, and we still, I don't think we know what color dinosaurs mm-hmm. were. But they have like a mechanical. It's very realistic and neat.
2: Yeah, there, you know, sometimes those the, the moving dinosaurs um, freak people out, and sometimes ev- people love them. And, you know, museums fight with, like, well, we don't know what they looked like, so how do we flesh this out? Well, but but speculation is interesting, too. And, again, you t- you toss that to the creative types and say, we know that this is a male and this is a female, and since dino- dinosaurs or birds evolved from dinosaurs, we can s- speculate that the male dinosaurs were brightly colored. And I was going to you know, say, well, isn't yeah. there... Something- yeah.
0: Theories now that a lot of
1: dinosaurs actually had feathers. Yeah,
2: yeah. And actually, absolutely.
1: the turkey was, related, speaking of like Thanksgiving coming up, the turkey is related to the raptor, I think. Well, they're all raptors, yeah, all, those yeah, birds of prey. So we're having revenge on them now in yes. a couple of weeks.
2: Yes, Um. no, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you eat a bird, you're eating a dinosaur. I mean, they, the birds evolved from well, the dinosaurs. And just look at an that. ostrich.
0: Ostrich yeah. is a freaking dinosaur. That's a raptor. And that's the one they're thing. Dinosaurs. I like in
1: terms of natural science, what I really like, I like two things. Sometimes you find things that supposedly are extinct, but you find they're not. Mm-hmm. Do you the find CO2 the terms. There's more, though. There's actually even that one Still program. Living. Like, they look around for different things, and they find them. And the other thing is, every year we find something new. Yep. And yeah. yeah. I think it's just awesome. Which,
2: I mean, a lot of times that's either when you find something new when scientists are going out into the field to collect things, it's either something microscopic or... Or it's something in the deep, deep ocean, like the seal can like you said. Yeah, because we well, thought we they were
1: extinct trench Because yeah. don't believe. I hope people aren't saying, "Well, there's megalodons down there." Come no. on, but it's so the Mariana—it's so deep in the yeah. oceans, I think it's lower than. It's just incredible right. that you don't know what people yeah. have down no there. idea. What's we never will. There.
0: I don't think we ever will in our lifetime have the capability because one,
1: there's no light. There's no pressure. We don't have a vessel that. But can see, do that's that. why it's cool because there's the fish that are luminescent. Because that's yep. yeah. That's evolution.
2: Yeah, oh my gosh, if you ever need, you know, a, thinking about anglerfish, Yeah. And oh, the, the fe- do you know about anglerfish yeah. sex? Yeah. Can I tell uh, you about anglerfish yeah,
0: sex? Yeah, that's... Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I do know this one, and I feel sorry for the poor males. Let's right, that the males way. are like
2: a quarter inch uh, in size, I mean, it depends on the species. The females are quite big, the size of a softball, and when they find each other using their bioluminescence, the males stick, like, actually bite onto the females... Um, and they their whole body's atrophy to the point where... They turn I, into a
0: pair of testicles, Yeah, basically. they're just
2: a pair of testes that is fertilizing the eggs when yes. she drops them. And she's, any female has got five or six or even 12 males stuck to her. And we didn't figure that out for a long time. We found the males and we found the females um, with these, what we thought were parasites on them. And then we realized that that was the male of the same species. So... Yeah, anglerfish sex is fascinating.
1: So, you know, <laughs> this is not what you hear with like Lid Thick and Greg yeah. and everybody <laughs> out here. Yeah, and if, if, you, and if, if
0: this conversation hasn't inspired you to go to the museum, <laughs> there's something wrong. I will
1: right be here. there. If I were around, I'll say hi to you but, this week.
0: Yes, actually. But real quick, uh, holiday bazaar. What is that? The holiday yeah, bazaar. That's oh my gosh, up this week. That is the very
2: best place. That's next weekend or this weekend. And the 22nd the...
0: through the 24th, right? Thank you. Because I, I looked at it, I was yes. like, okay, I I'm going to make sure to this time. And that is
2: artisans from all over the region. Coming to sell their wares, and it is phenomenal. It is the place to go for holiday shopping. And the museum closes down. Sorry for anybody that wants to see the museum. I mean, even though you're actually in it, but you come in and you're exploring. So many people and so many beautiful things. I bought a lamp there last year that was made out of a drum for my stepson who is a drummer, and it is phenomenal. I mean, and and. Just anything that you could think of that you want to buy, it is that unique place for gifts. And that is happening this weekend.
1: So there you go. That's awesome. I'll put it up yeah. on the...
2: Holiday Bazaar, RMSC. And
1: that's next weekend. Right? Yeah. Well, this Friday, Saturday, week, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, this coming weekend. Well, this is on Monday. I Believe yeah. me. Yeah. I, mean, I was shocked. Oh, my goodness. Thanksgiving and, and the holidays. Yeah. Are coming. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, more information, go to the website.
2: RMSC.org. Please. RMSC.org. And you have to have
0: a page, obviously, and Yeah, everything. there's
2: so much going on.
0: I think... We hear knocking. We have room next.
2: So,
1: would you like to come next?
2: Yeah, if we you ever like want to come back, back. or? Please, please, yes, there's so much going on. Again, rmse.org, mm-hmm. because uh, there's not, there's no way for me to tell you yes, every single right. thing that's happening, but the website but has it a lot all. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Out this is amazing. And, hours.
1: and <laughs> I'm going to, actually, my good friend Sean McVay, they're on tour right now. King Buffalo's on tour, mm-hmm. and they tour in November. He wanted to come down, but because they were on tour, they can't. And I thought this would be perfect. I'm going to play a cut called from their new album, Longing to Be the Mountain. It's called Cosmonaut, and I thought they would play perfect. With this and it's it's a cool song, so you'll like it. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ellery. Thank you. And thank Thanks you. for
2: having me.